Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jin, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. <laughs> How's it going, GR Dad? I'm fine for now. We've had a little bit more to drink than normal. Some of it might hit my bloodstream during the podcast. That Updates to follow. That typically means it's going to be an entertaining podcast. For me, even if not for anyone else. <laughs> Wee. <laughs> The cocktail of the week this week is the holy water. Great name. Uh, I don't always make the cocktail of the week, cocktail of the week for the week of the podcast. Of the cocktail. (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. So I don't always make the cocktail of the week when we record the podcast because sometimes I'm just like, this has a good name and it's going to be the cocktail of the week. And sometimes, damn, Ingo can't handle it. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to have a cocktail of the week. I don't want uh, to go to have a cocktail of the week. <laughs> but Still real hot. Yeah, this week. No, no, you're fine. Hot, hot. I mean, you are hot, but your microphone is fine. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so this week I actually made the cocktail of the week. So this is an interesting story. So this is, you know, a cocktail that got served up to me by Pinterest, which is where a lot of them come from. Remember, it's called the Holy Water. It's called the Holy Water. It is a flagship cocktail of the Ace Hotel in New Orleans. And it's served in um, like a prayer candle glass. So, you know, the big tall prayer candles. If you're Catholic, you know what these are. Um, So it's one of those but no candle in it obviously they just put the drink in there and they've got a picture of it from the ace hotel in new orleans and it says like holy water and it's got like a little angel um it's very cool looks really good and the interesting thing about this is that liquor.com wrote it up and in the comments so it's from the ace hotel in new orleans and in the comments matt ray who I believe is the head bartender at the Ace Hotel in New Orleans, says, hey, as much as I love this cocktail, I'm afraid I was not the creator of this drink. That honor goes to Lauren Shell, S-C-H-E-L-L, while she was consulting from Grand Banks, New York City. My meager contributions were making the spice rum and having the good sense to work with a local candle company who provided the glass. So they originally liquor.com originally wrote this up and said matt ray invented this drink he's the bartender at that bar right mm -hmm. and he's like no 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 lauren shell is the one who gets the credit and so now the write-up says that lauren shell that's great good for him for sure so that's awesome um so flambeau's is the place that makes the glass f-l-a-m-b-e-a-u-x-s flambeau's in new orleans um so they make the glass we are just drinking it out of a regular ass glass um so this drink is delish it's really good so it's um also fun because well you get into it yeah so the base cocktail is um jamaican gold rum or five-year-old rum so just some kind of aged rum you can also infuse your rum and make it like a spice rum like a captain morgan so one ounce of rum one ounce of cognac Orgiat syrup, which is just simple syrup with almonds in it. So it's like an almond syrup. Um, lemon juice, lime juice, grapefruit juice. And then, so you shake that up. That becomes your cocktail. And then uh, you do three dashes of Angostura bitters as a floater on the top. Which is 
a lot of bitters. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's good, though. You can taste the bitters in there. Mm -hmm. And then for the garnish, which is really important, you take half a lime. You put a sugar cube on it. I actually just use some granulated sugar because my sugar cubes aren't here. And half an ounce of green chartreuse, which is this very herbal liqueur made by monks. We've talked about it before. Secret. But it's 110 proof, which means... You can light it on fire. It burns. <laughs> so you take your lime, you put your sugar cube on top of it, and then you pour in half an ounce of green chartreuse and you light it on fire. So you have a flaming co cocktail, flaming lime on the top of it. So good. And then, so we did that. We, I lit it on fire tonight and then you kind of dunk the lime into the drink. So you Next get some green chartreuse. Next time we turn the lights off, mm -hmm. it'll be more cool. I will post it on Salt and Glitter, my Instagram account. Salt Glitter is the handle and you'll do a professional job as opposed to my amateur like eh, look i'm taking a drink <laughs> picture of this drink this drink is so good surprisingly light and fruity yeah really tasty so uh highly recommend if you go to new orleans go to the ace hotel i feel like we went there and had drinks one time maybe we probably did hopper why are you crying pal it's fine hops she's hungry oh my god Want me to give her food? Sure. Because she's a pain in the ass right now. <laughs> Hopper has been fed. Again. Good job. Again. All right, Ingo, it's time for administrative corner. Oh, I love administrative <laughs> corner. <laughs> I have two items on how, the agenda. How do more people not know about administrative corner? I've heard a couple of, seen a couple of comments from people who were like, at work, I launched into <laughs> administrative corner and no one got it. I mean, thing. no one got it. They we're should love it. We're making administrative corner happen. I think it's a thing. Fetch. So I got an email today saying, hey, you have until the end of this week to nominate yourself for a Webby Award. Do you think we should nominate ourselves for a Webby Award? Does this have something to do with frogs? No. Spiders? No. Oh. What is it? <laughs> it's like best of the web awards. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I don't know. Are we that good? Mm. I don't know. I don't think we're that... We're not there yet. I don't think we've prostituted ourselves enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Webbies. Okay. We, uh, we have a carefully curated community of people who love our dogs. Yep. All right. The second item on Administrative Corner is that we got the Brooklynita Machine. We talked about this last time that we were going to get one. It is here. You have used it. You have schneided Brot with it. Let me say it angry. Go ahead, say it. Brooklynita Machine. <laughs> That's really good. It's you've been making bread. I I just started a new batch it tonight. It comes in this non-standard format. It's not Wonder Bread. No, it's kind of a so it's kind of lump. You know, if you if you cut it with a knife, you can get crooked and and you know nooks and crannies. Es ist nicht perfekt. Es ist nicht perfekt. Es ist nicht gleichmäßig oder regelmäßig. Es ist nicht regelmäßig genug für regelmäßig. Brot. Regelmäßig. Das ist schlechtes Brot. That is bad. That is the bad bread. Französischer Brot. Ah, ist aber kein Croissant. Verdammte. Okay, we gotta do this anyway, podcast auf English. The Brotschneidemaschine is, I think, epic, especially for the homemade bread, which is looks more like a European loaf, like it's weirdly shaped and long. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I have been eating Nutella with the bread that I'm making at home. That's awesome. You know what I put on it? Yeah, Vegemite. Yeah. Both. We have both brown spreads. You just made me 
Vegemite sandwich. I know. He's speaking my language. <laughs> uh, I am not a fan of Vegemite, but I'm glad to do You're you a are. fan of Men at Work. I, I am. We watched um, this Netflix documentary, Untold, which is about the 1983 America's Cup, where Australia challenges America for the yachting cup the america's cup which yeah. america had won every year since like 1860 or something. since ever uh spoiler alert australia wins which like you kind of know from the beginning you can look it up but it's a great sport i mean i love like all the 30 for 30s the sports documentaries uh and this is really good and even though you know australia is going to win at the end it's still like really intense watching it i mean it helps if it's you great. have a deep love of everything australian which but also the little guy and the big guys and the underdog. And it's just, it's got, it's such a classic sports tale. It's really good. Very good. And yeah. it, as it has a happy ending for Australia wins. A little while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also has, the, the theme song of that boat was Men at yes, Work they, Down Under. They're like down like three to one or something. And they're like, then the prime minister sends him a message and they're like, we hoisted the boxing kangaroo flag and just picked a theme song of men at work and, uh, and down under, down yeah, under. Like, and they're, this was the Bob Hawk, the most Australian prime minister ever. I mean, I, you know, this is like the, the ocker, the guy who just like drinks a beer with the, with the folks and has the open shirt. I mean, he was the. He was legendary. I'm sure Highly he recommend. Sure, he wasn't perfect. I was too young to appreciate the the <laughs> complications of his of his regime, but you know he definitely had a good reputation. So uh, so yeah, let's see. I'm trying to pull up the name of it. Untold: The Race of the Century on Netflix is Untold is like their series of all their sports documentaries, and every one of them is really good. Yeah. Um, but this one, The Race of the Century, is about the America's Cup and Australia winning it from the U.S. for the first time. Yeah, I mean, ESPN is not as unique as it used to be. This is Netflix. What? Netflix had... Un the Untold is a Netflix sports what? documentary. It's not 30 for 30, it's Netflix. Come on. Sure, yeah, I mean, yes. My world, it rocked. <laughs> I can't even. This should be a 30 for 30 because I know, it's very much in that let spirit. Let me drop a thing for the 30 for 30 yeah. on ESPN every one of those is worth watching oh my god they're every single one of them it doesn't matter if it's a sport you've never even heard of yeah it's good they could make one about competitive frog jumping and you'd be like wow this is a real human interest this mm -hmm. really interests me and I care about lumpy yeah. you know he's <laughs> he's really battling to be better than than you know toady or whatever <laughs> yeah so it i mean every one of those is just great and yep. it's great sports journalism and, and but this one that's why i was lumping this in there because it's yeah. just re it's really well made and it's um it's just a i mean sports are great when they're great and this is well told yeah all the untolds i mean they're very much in the vein of the 30 for 30s um they have one about an uh basketball What's the basketball? Referee? Name? Yeah. NBA? NBA. Yeah. Uh, referee who's kind of like betting on games and like maybe influencing the outcome of games. Mm, he was kind of adjudicated to have done that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, which actually is like when we found this, um, this one about Australia 2, the boat that won in the America's Cup, I had watched the 
NBA official one first. And it's like, hey, you want to watch this other one? I was like, sure, like, let it play. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was home alone, and I was like, I have to let Ingo watch this. Like, he yeah. will love it so much. I mean, it's, it's just they're great characters. They find the, the great spokespeople to talk about the things. And, I mean, it's just a, it's a great, well-made documentary. So the one about the NBA referee is called Operation Flagrant Foul. Um, they have a two-part series, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, about Manti Teo, who was the Notre Dame player who kind of got catfished. Totally got and, catfished. And yeah. just the, honestly, like, really terrible media investigation that kind of uncovered the catfish. They also have Malice at the Palace, which is the first one that we watched, um, which is about... Uh, Pistons. Yeah, that's right. Indiana Pacers and Detroit Pistons. And like a big fight that happened between them. That was really good. Um, there's other ones that we haven't watched. There's one about Caitlyn Jenner, who I'm not a fan of. <laughs> um, she's kind of an asshole to every other trans person. Um, there's a boxing one that I haven't watched. But anyway, it's a great series. And uh, Race of the Century is about... Australia. No. And so let me let me get you back. Zoop men at work. Zoop Vegemite. Zoop your own bread with Schneider Machine. With Nutella on it. Oh, delish. <laughs> uh so a few people asked after the last one for the uh the bread recipe that my therapist told me to make. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the New York Times no rise uh, I'm sorry, no need bread recipe, not the updated no need bread recipe but the original no need bread recipe which is updated from the original but it's not labeled as updated they are different things so i just know it ends up in a pot yeah you put it in a pan pot. so yes you put it in a dutch oven <laughs> our dutch oven is a little too big for the bread but le creuset makes a specifically oh like a bread thing with like a dome. It's like a bread hanger. It's like $300. <laughs> it looks like a hanger. I it's want it that, so bad. It's, it's got exactly that like rounded <laughs> ceiling hanger thing. It's exactly <laughs> the right size for this loaf. You can get me that for like my birthday next Anyway, year. this is therapist recommended, but therapeutic results not guaranteed. <laughs> but will be delicious with Nutella or butter. True. It'll make you feel better. Feel better for as long as you're eating the bread and maybe beyond. You'll make a great sandwich. You'll feel better as a human being having made bread because yep. that's an accomplishment that is fun. Yep. If you make it, please send me pictures. It can be in process. It can be of the final product. I want to see. The lumpier, the funnier. But yeah. But also, if it's delicious, also, of Mine's course. not always perfectly symmetric, and yet we still eat the whole thing. You ready for dog updates? Yeah, I was just going to say, speaking of lumpier, the better. <laughs> Hi, Brody. Brody's like standing here looking at us. He has already had second dinner. Yeah, I know. Brody. Brody, you don't remember. You don't count. You can't count. You're a dog. Brody is uh, healing up really well. So he was having a hard time last week when we did the updates. His internal gastrointestinal issues are resolved. He's doing fine in that department. He's happy. He's playing with his pizza slice. He's yeah. rolling around on his back. Jumping on sticks outside. He, his, he, would, he would like to go swimming. Uh, absolutely his incision is healing really well uh we kind of wait until there's no scabbiness or openness like we want it to just be skin 
because we don't want any germs to get in there. Yeah. Um, it's not quite there yet, but it's getting close. He's doing a good job. He is he is much more himself than he was a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, elevator update just for everyone oh. who's been asking you haven't missed anything nothing has happened there is no elevator yeah some people had asked we had tweeted about like oh we're gonna get a scissor lift or whatever and i did talk to sunbelt rentals who are the place that rented they called me like immediately first thing in the morning after i filled out the form and the scissor lift that we were gonna rent has to be on like flat ground like not gravel something Ideally, flat a cement slab <laughs> and they're like well you could get a bunch of plywood and kind of drive it over the plywood and move all the sheets i'm like we're not doing that it's going to be outside and they're like yeah it's just not for that it's really for inside and the last thing we want to do is tip over yeah <laughs> or break it that would suck mm -hmm. so i mean they were great they were really helpful they were kind of brainstorming ideas but ultimately like for what we need there's nothing that's just like, oh, yeah, you climb in at ground level and it goes up and you're done. So and Jen Coleslaw had suggested a slide, <laughs> but that only addresses the downward. I was going to say it misses the hard part. Yeah, I think that that's right. Fortunately, CB and I have kind of come up with a system where he does the stairs and I have my hands on like the back of his back legs and kind of push. So I give him like a boost on the back part and we can go up the stairs that way i feel like you've done this with other dogs manchego maybe pie it was definitely my pie, original uh, dog pie uh oh, when to go she to the bedroom yeah, yeah i would boost her up the stairs every night it's i do exactly the same procedure with brody and that works so he doesn't like he doesn't have to use his back legs too much he feels like he's using him but i'm taking a lot of the weight yeah off. that's right he's only pushing like 20 percent of his weight instead of 80 yep. or 100 and it's not too hard for me and mm -hmm. doesn't my poor That's shoulder right. is almost up it doesn't hurt that so um and hops can go up and down the stairs by herself and you've been carrying her i mean i could carry her if she needed because she's a little she's 10 pounds lighter than brody the ingovator is in full effect ingovator is absolutely doing hard work the ingovator is reaching out and like carrying dogs that don't need it like i've ventilated vank a few times <laughs> just to stay in practice are you getting a lot of gains I am. I think Get I'm getting game. huge. I'm getting huge. <laughs> <laughs> you should see my gains. <laughs> I'm taking two dogs at a time. Oh I don't care. God. I got Hops and, and Brody. <laughs> uh, so we are recording today, February 7th. February 16th is when they're coming. So we still got a week and a half till the... Coming for the initial... Oh, to look I hope at. they fix it when they get here. I hope oh so God. too. It's broke though. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't move at all. You no. just push the button and it goes click. That's exactly right. Click. Because <laughs> I've tried it. Yeah. Click. No, it doesn't work. Uh, so Brody doing great. Mm -hmm. um, everything's good. He still has to wear the sleeve because it's not entirely healed up yet. But as and soon as he licks, he does lick it. So we've got the waterproof sleeve on now, the gen modified waterproof sleeve. Uh, but once it's all healed, that'll come off. So pretty soon. Okay. So someone has to say, who has the longest nose in the squad? <laughs> Which is a silly question. GR Schnoops. I think it's a new account. Yes. It, it's not that new. It's been around. It uh. could be GR Schnoops. So anyway, we got the tape measure out and we measured. And the answer is guac. Guac's yep. schnoop is 4.5 inches long, measured from the base of the eyes to the tip of the schnoop. Uh, Remy is a close second at four and a quarter inches. Yep. Brody is four inches. Hopper, three and a half, and Vink, three and a quarter. Vink's basically Pekingese. Short little snoop. She's, no, not Pekingese. She's basically a Frenchie. 
Oh. Pug, maybe. Pug. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, but it's also proportionality, right? Guax doesn't look that long because he's proportional, but he's just a big dude. He has. He does have a long looking face. Yeah, though. and Brody's looks shorter because he's got that wide head, mm-hmm. but it's well, actually it is fine. It's shorter. Slightly, but it's not shorter than like Hopper's. No. No. No, Hopper's is shorter. Hopper's got a smaller head. Yep. So <laughs> there's random facts. But they were also asking about it of all time. We didn't have the chance to measure St. Patrick. St. Patrick did have a long schnoop. He did. Mm, I feel like Wax was maybe longer. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. St. Patrick was all long, all length. He was lanky. Yeah. He was just a long dude. He just kept, you know, walking in. Walking in the door, he'd be walking in. He's still walking. <laughs> still some of him walking in. The other dog update is that, um, so I have a messed up shoulder. I've kind of alluded to this. And so when I have to sit for a while or when I'm sleeping, it helps to have something to kind of wrap my arm around to support my shoulder. And I have found that an ideal thing when I'm sitting in like my office chair is to have a blow high. A baby blow high you started out. You know, either blow high is fine. But I happen to have a baby blaha in my office, and so that's what I was using. And then Guac is like, smells like blauhai. <laughs> and he comes in my office, and then he just stares at the blauhai. And I'm like, no, it's mine. It's for my hurt shoulder. And he's like, no. And then he takes it. He's like, I don't understand English. Give me that blauhai. Yep. So he took my baby blauhai. He ripped it up. And then I went into the RV. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's blauhais in the RV. And I got a full-size Blauhai, who, right at this moment, as we're recording the podcast, has the Blauhai. He went into your office while you weren't there and retrieved the Blauhai. He's so happy. We came home from dinner, and he was with (laughs) the Blauhai in bliss. Yep. Uh, I may have ordered seven additional full-size Blauhais from Ikea that will be delivered on Thursday. Oh, usually I have to go to Ikea and, you know, look embarrassed when I have, like... (laughs) Seven high in the blue bag. You can buy them online. <laughs> At the counter. <laughs> At the register. They're like, that's a lot of sharks, sir. They're, they're from my dogs. And they're like, that doesn't mm-hmm. help. That doesn't make it better. They're just FedExing him to us. Allegedly. So. Uh, more highs on the way. Hopefully, I'll get to keep one of them. But it's he's one dog per blow is fine. When they start tearing at it, it blows up. Look how happy he is he, right now. He is the happiest I've seen him in a long time. I mean, the avocados, I think, are stop gaps. I think he really likes the blow high. Look at how happy he does like the occasional little like chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> and, but he'll, he's all day he's had the blow high in his mouth. Mm-hmm. He's dragged much. it around. He's he so happy. Try to figure out how to jump on the bed with it. Yep. I yep. can't deny him that. He's a happy boy. $23, you can have that blow high. A lot cheaper than therapy, Quack. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you have any other dog updates before we move on to the extensive list of ramblings? Mm, No. Everyone else is doing what they're always doing. Okay. A thing that a few people tagged us in and that we both found independently was this 1992 letter from George Bush Sr. to the White House staff about his dog. So good. All right. So I'm going to read you the letter. Uh, It has the White House. Washington is the header. February 6th, 1992. And it says, memo, important announcement. (laughs) This is an all points bulletin from the president. And then it says, subject, colon, my dog, Ranger. (laughs) 
And the message is, recently, Ranger was put on a weight reduction program. Either that program succeeds or we enter Ranger in the Houston Fat Stock Show as a prime <laughs> Hereford. It's a little mean. He has a sense of humor, though. That's the funny thing. All offices should take a formal pledge, quote unquote pledge, that reads as follows. We agree not to feed Ranger. We will not give him biscuits. <laughs> we will not give him food of any kind. In addition, Ranger's access is hereby restricted. He has been told not to wander the corridors without an escort. Without an escort. This applies to the east and west wings, to the residents from the third floor to the very, very bottom basement. <laughs> he, that dog must have just been roaming around asking for snacks from everyone. Although Ranger will still be permitted to roam at Camp David, the Camp David staff, including the Marines, naval personnel, all civilians, and kids are specifically instructed to rat on anyone seen feeding Ranger. Ranger has been asked to wear a Do Not Feed Me badge in addition to his ID. <laughs> I will, of course, report on Ranger's fight against obesity. Right now, he looks like a blimp. A nice, friendly, appealing blimp, but a blimp. We need your help. All hands, please help. From the president, George Bush. George Herbert Walker. Bush. It just says George Bush. Well, he was the only one at the time. Yep. So. That's great. It's like, imagine having, I mean, I'm a problem. <laughs> but imagine <laughs> yeah. having. The president would uh, have like you like. 500 of me running around going, I can feed this dog. It's fine. Just a little snack. <laughs> that's the problem you can control me you can't control 500 of me but he's such a good boy he's such a blimp <laughs> he's a happy blimp okay so that's item number one on ramblings yeah good job item number two last week on the podcast we talked about the fancy butter that we bought from animal farm yes and which is now gone yum the butter is gone the farm I, is still there but the butter we have consumed i ate it it was delish mm-hmm so a few people responded and they're like, what do you think about a butterboard? And Ingo's like, what the hell is a butterboard? And so I pulled up Pinterest and I showed him and Ingo was disturbed. I had a violent reaction. Violent negative reaction. What? I guess there's not a violent Explain positive. what it is first because it, it was new to me and some people may not have heard about a butterboard. So a butterboard is you take like a cutting board and you smear a bunch of butter on it. Thick thickly smear a bunch of butter on it and then you top it with like herbs or maybe edible flowers olives. or olives you could do salt if you wanted a breakfast one you could do honey and cinnamon and then the idea is you got this sh big thick smeared butter with some accoutrement and then you will take things typically like bread slices waffle pieces if it's breakfast and you dip them you use them to scoop up the butter kind of like a dip like if you have a French onion dip, except it's butter, and then you eat it. Ingo's already making a disgusting face. I'm a very open-minded guy when it comes to food. Yeah, you absolutely, you ate those grasshopper tacos. I don't, I don't impose any cultural standards. I will, I've lived in many different places. I accept different flavors. For sure. But this appalls me. And you know why? <laughs> no, I don't. Because people have invented the sandwich but with br with wood instead of bread you're <laughs> you're putting butter on a piece of wood yeah and then you're putting the bread 
on top oh to dip the butter why don't you just put the freaking butter on the bread and make it a freaking piece of bread it's a great point you could get a big flat piece of bread look i've invented bruschetta smear the butter on it with all of the accoutrement cut it up whole invention was we put the good stuff on the bread and then we eat it with the bread and it's called a sandwich or an open-faced sandwich piece of bread yeah no 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 we're gonna undo a millennia of advances (laughs) we're gonna put butter on wood and we're gonna make you scrape it off (laughs) not with a knife which we also invented in those 2000 years (laughs) we're gonna scrape it off with a piece of bread when you could just put it on the piece of bread Uh, i put it on the piece of bread i fully agree what is up with this (laughs) people what do you have too much wood not enough bread ingo (laughs) anti-butter board come on (laughs) butter is not dip also, I will, I will, that's a, I'm yep. not wavering from that. Butter is not dip. Butter is spread. I agree. <laughs> Butterboard. Yeah, you got me now. You yeah, got me I did. going I now. <laughs> it's just so unnecessary. Come on. It's like guys reinventing the train or the bus or something. Come on. The bus? We're like people like oh we could just make a an uber that takes like 20 scheduled stops and picks up people at all the 20 scheduled you've just invented the bus sir i mean fair enough Vunk? i'm gonna hey. to, i'm gonna have to throw her outside hang on all right okay Vink has done her business um before we move on from the butterboard to the next item I don't want to leave. I mean, I want to leave the butterboard as quickly as possible. I don't want to talk about that anymore. You wanted to do a garden update, which is normally a feature of the No Rules podcast that we do for subscribers only, but we could do this as a little sneak preview. I think those are two different things. Which thing? The No Rules and the subscribers only. I'm Subscribers only podcasts are always No Rules podcasts. Well, yeah. I mean... I got no rules. You do garden update for them, but we could do it for the general people now so they know what they're missing. Here's a garden update. Yeah. We're probably getting guavas. Guava tree is Come making on. crazy Dr. Seuss style blossoms. I didn't even know what that was before. What a guava was? Like as a concept, how it looked or what it looked like in nature. I've had, I've seen guava juice. I'm not sure. I've, I've had it like a little bit fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> But I've never w- seen a guava tree before. We're, we're, we're growing them. We have one. Yeah, we do. Our avocado tree, which also looked like it was almost dead, is about to like burst out with <laughs> blossoms and it's leaves. It's got literally seven leaves left that are like half <laughs> yeah. brown, but it's got a million blossoms and buds. Yeah, it's going to be good. Like it's going to explode with new growth, and these seven leaves have kept it afloat for the last year. The bigger of our key lime trees is making like 500 key limes. The actual industrious one. The other one's lazy. The The good key lime tree blossomed at the beginning of September, about a week before Hurricane Ian came oh. through. And Hurricane Ian blew all the flowers off the tree. And we had a really good crop of key limes from that tree this last year. And I was like, oh no, like the hurricane blew all the blossoms off. So we're not, you know, we have like you know a dozen two dozen limes on there but nothing like last year where we had a ton and then it blossomed again in like the last month or so with the gusto this this little guy is just you know chunking along making more limes oh we're gonna have zillions of limes it's gonna be great can't stop himself or herself Our, our mango tree 
maybe is going to blossom. It's definitely making new leaves. Yeah, I think that's just making new leaves. But the avocado and then our banana tree, which was dead. We after thought the, it was dead after the hurricane. After the hurricane is making green leaves. Yep. You know, it's going slow, but it's going. Probably no bananas this year, but it's not dead, which we thought it was. Correct. Yeah. All right. The other item under uh, ramblings. So there is a uh, Golden Ratio fan account called Cheesy Comics, <laughs> which is written by a friend of the squad, Ben. Who's eight or nine? He's awesome. And he makes these uh, comics of the dogs. And there's this particular one. It's three panels. So the first panel is just the front door. And it's (laughs) got like two little notes over it like ding dong. (laughs) And the second panel is like a stick figure who has a baseball cap on that says TB, which I believe stands for Taco Bell. It becomes clear later. And it says, um, got your order. $400, please. (laughs) And then in between the second and the third panel, it says, what? (laughs) Which I like to think is in my voice. What? That was in my voice. And then the third panel has the Taco Bell guy. And he's he's holling a little bag with a picture of a bell. A bell, I know. And then a stick figure human and a stick figure dog. And the stick figure dog says, guac. And it's then then it says from like a little bloop 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 like bubble from thug from his from Guac's head. It says, "I need tacos. Just pay, Ingo." <laughs> <laughs> so, so just pay, Ingo has become a bit of a refrain <laughs> in our house. Whenever a dog gets needy or insistent, it's just like, "Just pay, Ingo." Just pay, Ingo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're very we're so pleased. Ben does these comics most days probably every other day during the week i think he had some stored up and built up yeah Yeah. so i mean he's like eight or nine uh we sent ben a a pack of like golden ratio swag and uh his dad who like manages the account is like we gave it to ben and ben's like they know me (laughs) oh yes ben we do we know your work (laughs) so just pay ingo is kind of a refrain and (laughs) just pay ingo just Pay Ingo. <laughs> just walk. $400. Just pay Ingo. I need tacos. So we were reminded of just pay Ingo with this AP News story from last week. With the headline is Michigan man says son six ordered $1,000 in food from Gubhub. <laughs> so in Michigan, this guy basically like gave his six-year-old his phone to play with before bed to play a game. And the six-year-old managed to quit the game, head over to Grubhub, and order everything. (laughs) Not like accidentally. He just ordered a ton of shit. I want this. And the dad's like, all of a sudden, like, all these people are showing up at our house at like 10 p.m. Ringing the doorbell. There's like a line of cars (laughs) outside of these delivery people. He says... Mason, the six-year-old, ordered jumbo shrimp, salads, shawarma, chicken pita sandwiches, chili cheese fries, and other foods. At one point, like, the dad finally figures out what's going on, and he (laughs) goes in, and, you know, he doesn't want to, like, the kid's six, right? Right, right. And he's like, did you order all this food? The kid goes, did the pepperoni pizza show up yet, dad? (laughs) 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 So just, like... All a thousand dollars worth of food, which is not easy to do. A thousand dollars is a lot of orders. 
It says Chase Bank sent a fraud alert declining a $439 from Happy's Pizza. But That was the pepperoni pizza, that poor kid. But the $183 from the same place, that order of jumbo shrimp went through. <laughs> she wanted the pizza, though. Um, so since I don't think it's in this article <laughs> that I have linked here, but since then Grubhub has given the family a thousand dollar gift card, <laughs> and they're like trying to get them to do like a commercial, like an ad spot for with them. the kid ordering everything. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that's a good thing. I think it's really funny. Oh so God. we were talking. I was reading Ingo the story, and he's like, "Just pay, <laughs> <laughs> just pay, Dad, just pay, Dad." So pretty funny. <laughs> they wouldn't be lining up if you were just paying them faster. Just pay, Dad. Jeez. Uh, before I move on to taste of the keys, do you have anything for ramblings? No, I did the garden thing. Mm-hmm. What else do you want from me? Jeez. That's it. Bochneider machine. Come on, these are all good, important things. High quality content. And my disdain for this freaking wood sandwich that you call a butterboard. Oh, I- wood bread. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, for the kids this week. So, as we often mention, we subscribe to the Daily Email Digest from Conk Life. The blast. I think yep. it's called the Email Blast. So, Conk Life is basically just like the police blotter. Yeah. And a couple of old guys writing yeah, there's opinion a few op-eds, which are always just like, I went to Louie's Pizza yesterday. That was good in the 60s and it's still real good i went with lauren and we had a great (laughs) talk and that's great yep that's exactly what conch life is i'm not exaggerating (laughs) no you're not at the bottom of every conch life is a historical picture of the day so it's like here's when harry truman visited key west or here's the uss maine docking in key west or those are sometimes really good right like to hear the air defenses during the cuban missile crisis yeah so I'm looking at the Taste of the Keys this week, and it says Mardi Gras nightclub at 92 Duval Street in the 1950s, February 3rd, 1953. And then the caption is, 1953, the Key West City Commission passed an ordinance outlawing soliciting the sale of alcoholic beverages in the city bars and nightclubs. Scores of local B-girls were thrown out of work by the new law. B-girls. The term is B-girls. We're going to talk about what those are in a minute. But the picture, the black and white picture attached to that is of like a U-shaped bar. And then in the middle of the U, there's an island, right? So like the patrons are sitting around the outside of the U. The bartenders are serving them in the U. But the bartenders can go to an island inside the U where there's presumably alcohol and all sorts of other stuff stored. On top of that island in the middle of the U stand a bunch of women. Yep. What are they wearing, Ingo? Not enough. They're basically naked ladies. A couple of them have bikinis on. They all have bottoms on. Some are wearing pasties. Some Some are full-on boob showing. Which is, you know, Key Westian. (laughs) But it's like in this news, like email newsletter blast, which presumably is family friendly. These guys don't edit themselves. Look at this. I can see this girl's nipples, man. (laughs) Like she's naked. Well, you're embiggening the photo, which a lot of people can't do. I don't have to embiggen it. Look at them. They're right there. (laughs) Naked, full on topless, with a little bikini bottom. I did notice that too. So I was like, Ingo. (laughs) 
Did you see that there's topless ladies in the picture? Like, like it was real small in my email, so I didn't actually. <laughs> you just pinched. You just I did not. I did not. Embiggen it. I, our generation doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> so anyway, Ingo's like, what's a B-girl? And I'm like, good question. And so I went and Googled this, and the answer is B-girls. This is a quote. B-girls were women who used their sex appeal and feminine guile to trick otherwise upstanding men into buying overpriced drinks mm. at local bars. <laughs> the, the patriarchy is infused so deeply into that description. And that law. Like the oh, problem yeah. isn't the guys drinking. It's the women who are seducing them into drinking. Yeah. So this is, there's a really interesting essay. This is from a website, Shaping San Francisco's Digital Archive at Found SF. So found.sf is, found SF is the website, foundsf.org. And uh, this essay is B-Girls in the Tenderloin, but it's absolutely talking about the same thing as this Key West picture. And um, so it opens amidst national fear and hysteria around communism and homosexuality. This was in the 50s. In the early 1950s, San Francisco moral campaigners returned to their favorite target, women, which goddamn feels exactly like it's now. 80 years later and yeah. nothing has changed. Uh, in the early 19, in early 1953, so this article in uh, Conk Life or, or whatever, this city ordinance that they talked about was also 1953 so in early 1953 building on negative publicity dating back to 1937's atherton report a press campaign against so-called b-girls hit the front pages the b-girls were women who use their sex appeal to trick women to trick men into buying these overpriced drinks so this was like a 1953 phenomenon right it was the zeitgeist of 1953 these sort of like half-naked ladies are tricking men into buying overpriced drinks <laughs> and that is a moral hazard I in the united my states my mind when i didn't see it, when i saw her boobs the campaign to expose and eradicate <sighs> the b-girl menace corresponded to a behind-the-scenes effort to strip the state board of equalization of its power to regulate the sale of liquor uh it's and then like literally this week desantis did you see this stripped the liquor license no. From this theater in Orlando that had a drag show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like exactly the same, same bullshit. Same playbook. Yeah. It's, it's a whole bunch of bullshit. So anyway, naked ladies. You can see their nipples and conk life. But also, the patriarchy still fucking with people like they were 80 years ago. Yeah, no 70 kidding. years ago. Same playbook. Same attempt. Fuck those assholes. Come on. All right. Uh, you have a German word of the week? Uh, it's a phrase. That's fine. It's, I don't want to start this, but there are a few phrases that I might use in the future, but nicht geschimpft ist genug gelobt. Some, not something is enough something. Yeah, not, not yelled at you is enough praise. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you expecting me to praise the fact that you did, that you like, took out the trash well the fact that i'm not yelling at you is enough praise oh my god nicht geschimpft ist genug gelobt now i didn't hear this growing up but it, i mean i could see it being a thing in germany not yelling at you is enough praise <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man that is yeah that is sure a parenting style well, there's german for you nicht <laughs> geschimpft ist genug gelobt 
That's a good one. Yeah, it's a very, <laughs> very dour, very <laughs> dour approach. Good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have any additional items for Ingo Corner? Um, no. Thanks everyone for listening and for, for the very kind notes and you know telling us that we're that we are still fulfilling our mission, which is to provide a sort of a haven from all the craziness and like that it's still positive classic ingo corner comment it can i know i always think it can go without saying but it shouldn't go without saying so it doesn't need to go without saying that's good i'll repeat it all right everyone well thanks for listening and until next time slava ukraini and don't bite anyone unless they ask you to yeah yeah yep 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 bye bye